You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. This is Ken Vellante with the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast. And uh, have here on this episode, M. Grebner-Gaddis, who does a podcast which I've come quickly to adore called Rooted. Uh, M, it is a very special pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, Ken, thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely. I've uh, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed uh, your show, um, and uh, I just want to give you. I think it's sometimes useful to, for somebody to say how they hear it, you know, and you could tell us a little bit more about it. But um, the pieces I've enjoyed in the, in the episodes that you've done, um, I like jumping around in my mind as far as trying to understand something. So as you talk about um, uh, plants and and in particular um, uh, type of botany. You talk about aspects of uh, importance, uh, cultural importance, maybe tied to history and just the connection between like history, culture, science and the fact that you do it in these really sweet, succinct episodes, you know, like the around 15 minutes, I think is quite the uh, accomplishment that I. So that's what I wanted to say about your show before you talk about it. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. That means so much to me to hear. Um, Yes, I have always loved plant history, but with a lot of history, I've always found that it can be kind of hard to get into because there's a lot of very flowery language and oftentimes it's not necessarily written for everyone to understand. It can be a little bit gatekeepy sometimes. And science as a whole can be hard and kind of intimidating for people to really get into. But one of the great joys of my life has always been kind of taking that, those big picture concepts or that really flowery language and really breaking it down for other people to understand so that they can kind of see the world the way I see it. Um, So yeah, that's kind of what inspired me to start the podcast was really seeing these really cool stories and knowing that they can be kind of intimidating to start diving into, but really wanting to create a fun kind of entrance point for people. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And I think uh, I think we should tell the listeners about the about the connection between the podcast. And uh, we have M here again, who does the Rooted podcast. Uh, but I have the special pleasure of uh, going on uh, Rooted, uh, in, uh, which will be aired in, in, in May. And uh, in a little while later on, we're going to be talking about uh, sunflowers, which is the uh, the flower, the plant that, that I chose. So, um, it is great, uh, to be able to connect our two shows and kind of like, uh, the intellectual interest or maybe the, uh, uh, unique ways of looking at things. So, uh, it's nice to, uh, combine, uh, podcast superpowers with you, M. <laughs> yes. I'm so thrilled to be here and to be sharing my superpowers with you and then having your superpowers on my show. <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, on my show, we talk about art and philosophy, and we're going to definitely bump around um, around uh, creativity uh, that you have uh, around podcasting, maybe talking about podcasting itself, uh, just to give a, a, a little heads up to listeners. But starting off, I was wondering, talking about uh, art. This is an art and philosophy show, and uh, 
I was wondering, uh, with, you know, the, your creativity and the amount of time that you dedicate towards that, I was wondering, uh, what your opinion is of what art is, what is art? Oh gosh, what a great question. Um, I think for me, art is really just any kind of thing people create that elicits any kind of emotional response, whether it's from the person creating it or people who are perceiving it. I love that. The um, emotion comes up a lot of times uh, in, in, in talking about what art is. And I, I, I like the, the realm of, of, of this answer because I think myself, um, when I see paintings, that's what I really hear when, when you say that. Like I'm so affected uh, by paintings and express or immediately exchange emotion with what I'm seeing. So it's that deep connection. Um, that's the one that kind of pulls me by the heart and how I think about art, like, you know, primarily. So I like that. Um, when did you see yourself uh, as an artist, Em? Oh, gosh, what a great question. I really grew up always being encouraged to create. That was something that was really important for my parents. Um, they just really knew that being creative was an important outlet. So it's always been important to me. And I guess in that sense, I've always kind of been an artist, although I hesitate to use the term artist for myself. Um, I've always been comfortable with the term creative, but for some reason, artist feels like this accolade that is like so intimidating to me. The the term artist, and I, I, I think I think it can be, um, you know, I think everybody has a journey on this and I've only identified as an artist uh, for the last five years or so, um, though I look back in my uh, inclination to uh, create or kind of combine different type of things and, you know, to tinker, I guess, um, it was really expressive of a deeper desire to um, make things make art you know and i i think that's uh, crystallized as a time and i think you know with podcasting which you know I, i'd imagine your experience in as a, a creative outlet you know of composition of 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 audio i have found that it's been such a way for me to um connect my mind to maybe things that I'm not simply like interested about but that i uh, obsess about that i go much deeper in kind of so i get excited about uh, uh, talking about those things. And um, I think with philosophy and talking about art, there's a lot of um, uh, like hope and openness uh, that kind of feels better uh, in times that have felt trying for me recently. Uh, and um, so art is, art's my go-to and I'll defend it to the end. So. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I kind of feel like art has always been the greatest gift we can give to each other because it really does open up different worlds that can sometimes be hard for us to express. Like every human is different in the ways that we're able to express emotions or kind of take in other people's ideas. So I feel like art and expressing ourselves is just such a great gift and it's really something that bonds us together. What do you, and, and, and this is probably anticipates the answer to this question. I don't want to answer it for you, but I hear you say, you know, binding people together. But the question is uh, the role of art. What do you think the, uh, the, the particular role of art it serves and whether that has changed over time? Is it different today in 2023 than it was before the role of art? 
I think that art, obviously, it's meant ultimately to be a form of expression, whether it's for the people who are trying to express themselves or express a concept or make it easier for other people to kind of understand who they are and where they're coming from. So it can help us process things for ourselves or for other people. It's really ultimately the only way to get inside each other's heads. Um, So I think in that respect, art really hasn't changed much since the beginning. Obviously, it's changed in terms of the mediums we have available to us or the ways that and things that we're expressing. But I think ultimately, for me at least, art has always been about expressing something for ourselves and for others. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Em, tell us about, tell us about uh, some of the stuff you covered on uh, Rooted, a uh, couple episodes or things you're like, all right, I started this podcast. I can't wait to talk about this. Tell us about Rooted. Oh gosh, we could go all over the map, which is one I, thing well, I love about the All over the, the map show. is good. Yes, you already know that that's great. Okay, we're we're set there. Yeah, yeah, tell us. Tell us tell us about Rooted. Oh man. So my favorite parts of the show are really being able to tie back to the ways that we've used plants throughout history and how they've become parts of our history and then being able to throw to how we're still using them because I think there's just such a big disconnect for us as people with how we've always used plants and the fact that we still rely on them and use them so much today. I think people really sometimes just think of plants as like things that grow in gardens or, you know, there's trees in the forest, but they don't think about how that really impacts them today. So some of my favorite episodes are the ways we get to talk about how we're still relying on these plants. I guess a good example of that would be, I think it's episode three. We talk about carrots Um, wild carrots. And I think that's a really important one because most people in North America probably see wild carrots every day, but you might not think about the ways that we relied on them for so long and the ways we're still relying on them, even though they're basically only ever seen as a weed. Um, And there's all kinds of different things we talk about with that and the science behind those things. So that's, I think, my favorite part of the show. But we also talk a lot about different roles that plants have played. Sometimes literally, um, the last bonus episode I released at the time we're recording this is honestly just on two different kinds of mushrooms and film. So I love getting to talk about the ways that plants can play like actual literal roles in different stories that we tell. Yeah. I, uh, I, I love the, um, uh, the fact I believe Midsommar came up, uh, the movie Midsommar came up in that discussion. Yeah, absolutely. That was a good one. I loved that. I, I'm staring at the uh, the director's cut of um, of Midsommar uh, in my room, and in that director's cut, there's an art book inside with the uh, art pieces that you'll see throughout the film that symbolize the progression of events. Um, I'll send you a couple photos of that. It's gorgeous. It's done by the original artist that uh, did all the stuff in Midsommar. You see on the walls and all that type of thing oh my Ugh. gosh i can't wait to see that because that is so that movie <laughs> oh. is so beautiful as a plant person and a horror movie person yep. it just scratches like all the itches i've ever had yeah it it is it is uh, and uh, i was i was stunned i was stunned by it so uh, i'll share that and i'll share that with listeners too. some of those images um 
uh, just beautiful from that director's cut of Midsommar. Okay, so you see how we can just jump over into film. But um, yeah, that recent episode, I, I think what's a, what a connection that I find in your show that intrigues me is almost like the, I'll, I'll, I'll express what I'm thinking here, the embodiment of plants within within the human, right? You're, you're ta- I think when we're talking about culture and history and ingesting plants and them being good or bad and how they're used, just kind of how, of course, with consumption, we embody plants in a way I think we don't normally think about or have a, a good way to understand. Um, am I picking on picking up on something that 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 you drop in there in the show? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, as a society, we've really grown away from the the parts of plants that are like literally a part of us. Like for so long they were our only option when we needed medicine, when we needed food that wasn't just meat. Like plants have always been a huge part of our society and a big part of what we've relied on to get us to where we are today, whether it was construction materials or like the literal food we ate. So I think helping to kind of show that plants were and are a part of us is a vital part of the show. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I got to tell you, I, I realized something. And I'm a huge uh, comic book fan. You might, uh, listeners might notice that in the show here and there, a comic book artist. But like my favorite superhero is Swamp Thing, who is the totem within the, you know, the comic universe, DC universe is the totem for all plant life. And on the other side in the DC universe, the totem for all animal life is animal man who can transform between animals and of course swamp thing is kind of this collective plant living human totem so for me the for me i just see swamp thing uh <laughs> in 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 all of this i hadn't made that connection before but the swamp thing is my favorite and he is the plant totem of the dc universe so <laughs> i love that you brought this up because i too I'm very into Swamp Thing, and I didn't notice that that might be a part of the podcast, but honestly, Ken, I'm here to say I think that might just be canon, because I also love Swamp Thing. He is delightful. All right, so folks, listeners, now you hear the other episode, which will be the Swamp Thing episode. So we got that down, and we're making progress. Here we go. Um, (laughs) I I really really appreciate... um, I remember listening to an episode you had, uh, rhododendrons and, um, and, and correct me right off the bat if I'm wrong, but I remember, I believe it was with that, uh, plant flower, uh, connection to, um, kind of Tibetan history. Is that proper? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And I, um, I had recalled that it, it kind of spurred a memory from a while back for me. I've studied, um, uh, Buddhism and Tibetan Buddhism, and, uh, I was able to recollect connections, you know, back towards rhododendrons. And, uh, so it's nice to kind of like recapture that and hear that, uh, in your episode. And I think if folks, you know, have that interest in type of plants or have this like connection in their heart to those things, it's kind of fun to celebrate them and be like, I didn't know where that came from. Or like you were saying about the wild carrots where like, the plants that are around us at a certain time in history would be vital for how we understand the world. And then, you know, right now it'll be a, you know, a car passing them at 80 miles an hour, you know, on the side of the highway, you know, it's just, uh, you know, plants roll in, you know, how we live. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We get to hit one super big giant, uh, philosophical question. M is, uh, why is there something rather than nothing? Oh gosh. I knew this question was coming. 
Um, and yet I'm still so flabbergasted by it as a concept. <laughs> I've really been racking my brain on this one. It's obviously a hard question to answer, right? It's like the biggest question we have in the universe. Why is there one? Um, the best my brain has really come up with is just that like having something is so vital, so necessary for just existing that there just inevitably had to be something, if that makes sense. Like the dark emptiness of nothing is just so devastating and awful that something just had to be created. It was inevitable. Um, I guess if I were to put it in like terms of my life, when I think about the worst, darkest, most terrible parts of my life, it was times where I felt like I was empty and I had nothing. And the best, brightest parts of my life have always been when I create something, regardless of what it is. And so I guess to humanize the universe a bit, I can imagine that it would it would kind of be the same, where that dark emptiness just needed to not exist anymore. So we had to create something. And then now well, we have this. Thank you. Thank you, Em. That was, uh, that was quite the answer. I've always, I, I announce it on the show uh, that the only quick answer, so you don't have to answer the question, is uh, the number, you can answer the question number 42 as a tribute to Douglas Adams in Hitchhiker's, oh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I should have just done that. No, people will catch that. on, and then people catch on too much. I'll be doing the show for episodes in a row, and people say 42, and then I have to develop another question to get at things. But oh, it, is, it, is the, it is the hall pass uh, at, at present. Uh, M, uh, so we're both uh, podcasters, and um, you know, podcasting, is uh is 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 quite the thing and 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 right now it's uh i i mean what i would say is i i i've run it to so many people uh who use podcasts as their daily listening for things they're interested in or rooted or if they uh listen to something rather than nothing or they listen to you know movies and uh true crime is really popular a lot of people derive so much enjoyment uh from it and i've become a big kind of podcast uh advocate because i see so many discreet brilliant artists operating in the the podcast sphere with what feels like to me, not to idealize it, but with a greater ability to create what you want and a greater ability to directly, you know, get that, get that uh, out there and try to, you know, talk about and see if other people like what you're talking about. The industry is growing really fast. There's a lot of attention to it. People's listening habits are up on the rise. What's been your relationship with, you know, as a, as, as beginning podcasting, but also as, as a listener, like what, a, what, a, what a podcast meant to you? Oh my gosh. I feel like podcasting has always meant so much to me. Um, as a communicator by trade, words have always been super important. And in terms of art, music has always been a really important part of my life. So I think the fact that podcasting has become this way for people to share their stories and the different things that they're nerdily excited about and being able to form community around that has been such an important and powerful tool, not only for podcasters, but I think for everyone. Um, I just really love the ways that specific podcasts can help us all to feel seen in the things that we obsess over or get excited about. 
And I think Rooted for me has been such a cool way to really be able to deep dive into the things that I'm nerdily excited about and find and build a community that is also just like unapologetically and extraordinarily nerdily excited about those things. Um, So I think that's been really powerful and important for me and I think for a lot of other podcasters as well. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Sam. Uh, we're speaking with M. Grebner Gaddis, uh, again, uh, podcast host of uh, Rooted. Uh, make sure you, you check out that podcast. And uh, and everybody, uh, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, uh, very excited to be uh, jumping on to uh, the Rooted podcast uh, to talk about sunflowers. So we give a little bit of a teaser towards that, M, without giving away too much. What's one pretty cool thing about sunflowers folks should know? Oh, gosh. Without spoiling too much, I think an interesting point about them is that sunflowers were actually used to symbolize the women's suffragette movement in the United States. So they're a very empowering symbol for us here in the U.S. Wow. I didn't know that. Well, that's a perfect one. That's a perfect one. <laughs> um, uh, M, uh, where, do, where do folks find you, the things you create, rooted? How should folks connect with it? What should they do? All those things. Absolutely. Well, I hope you'll stream Rooted. Um, So you can find Rooted pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. We have an Instagram at rooted.pod. We have a YouTube channel. And you can also go to our website, www.rootedpod.com, to find transcripts, blog posts, and any other relevant links. All right. Because so 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 we can also just do a tiny bit here before I let you go on this bit. Uh, how'd you encounter Swamp Thing? Oh my gosh! Okay, an ex-boyfriend who was good for basically nothing else, but he introduced me to Swamp Thing. Hey, and ever hey, since that's, then, I'm I'm sure the other parts don't sound so great, but it is good you're able to pull Swamp Thing. So he introduced. So that's how you got introduced to Swamp Thing. Yes, I was. Yeah. I'm mostly grateful for Swamp Thing out of that relationship. Um, But yes, that's how I found out about Swamp Thing. And he has been in my heart ever since. Um, Have you ever seen the movie Swamp Thing with Ray Wise and Adrian Barbeau? I have not. It's been on my list for a really long time. But every time I sit down to watch it, I end up getting distracted. So maybe that can yeah. be like another thing we do. We can well, watch well, Swamp you, Thing. We can, that's what we'll do. We'll talk about Swamp Now, I have to gauge your expectations, unfortunately, Em. Okay. okay. I mean, it. Uh, it uh, I have excitedly brought uh, folks into the film over the years. And um, the reactions are strong one way or the other. So it, it uh-huh. is – an, it's an odd – it's an odd, uh, it's an odd, uh, you know, 1980s uh, Swamp Thing, you know, uh, film. I, I, I really enjoy it. I watched it probably at a tender time uh, in connecting to Swamp Thing. But, uh, you know, it's seen uh, by some as low budget, a little bit cheesy. I, I adore it. So, um, yeah, well, that, so we got to set up for the next episode after I'm on uh, Rooted. Uh, let's get into uh, further further about Swamp Thing. Uh, M. Rebnagatis, I really want to thank you for uh, coming on to the show and uh, very much look forward to being part of Rudin. Yes, I'm so excited to have you, Ken. Thanks so much for having me today. Thanks so much. This is Something Rather Than Nothing, 